So meditation was my total shore up. I'm like, this is my secret weapon that I'm freaking out right now. I don't know what to do. Everyone's looking at me. I'm a newbie at this. I'm a theater kid on a film and television set. Wait, let me take a moment to remember who I am, what I do. Okay, now I can deliver. Welcome to Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? I'm Emily Fletcher, and I believe that bliss is your birthright. That's why I'm calling on my world-class network to uncover the most potent, spine-tingling, even taboo healing modalities, all so you can reclaim your bliss. Let's do this. Hi, sweet friends, and welcome back to Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? Today, I have the deep pleasure of having one of my best friends, one of the longest Ziva meditators in the land on the show. And that might not be his biggest claim to fame because he's been over 275 episodes of NCIS Los Angeles. That is 12 seasons, which is such a rare honor and accolade for an actor. You know, so many actors are out of work and looking for jobs, and Barrett has done off-Broadway. He has done Broadway. He has done not just one TV show, but 12 seasons of this TV show. And in between, he was a guest star on Will and Grace, on Entourage, and when he was in between seasons, he would go and star in productions of um, Buyer and Seller, which I saw him in. It was a one-man show, which he absolutely like captivated and riveted audiences. He was in Avenue Q, and possibly his biggest claim to fame was opening up the Easter Bonnet performance in Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS where he and I met and I was his backup dancer and I got to sing the illustrious song Barrett Foa, Barrett Foa, where he was surrounded by like 12 chorus girls singing in 12-part harmony his name, Barrett Foa. One of the most beautiful concepts from the Vedas is the idea that bliss is your birthright. 24 hour a day bliss is your birthright and anything standing in the way of that is stress. Now I'm curious what you think might happen if a whole group of people who all believe that bliss is our birthright came together to meditate, to breathe, to pray, and to put our attention on that which we want to grow. Well, good news, you're about to find out. I have a very special invitation for you to join me for our next live bliss activation. Now, this is totally free. I do it about once a month because teaching live is my most favorite thing. Getting to connect to you, answering your questions, and meditating with a big group of amazing people around the world is my highest delight. So all you have to do to join me live for free is go to zivameditation.com slash activate. That is Z-I-V-A meditation.com slash activate. Activate. Join me and amazing like-minded people from around the world to activate the bliss that is your birthright. Barifoa, I love you so, so it was a dream. much. I love it. Please keep chanting it to this day. Sometimes when I'm down, mm-hmm. I just hear you with 11 other beauties just in my ear harmonizing, being like, just being my hype, hype women. Thank all, you for that. We all need that. We all need that. If you're you're in, in my back pocket always. Yes, yes. That was like 15 years ago. Come on. Something like that. How are we still such good dancers? And how do we look so good? We're still? getting hotter, I think. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Well, so legitimately, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm biased and every hammer finds a nail, but there has been more than one scientific study done on the fact that meditation can reverse your body age by somewhere between 8 and 15 years. So if we've been meditating now it's for incredible. like, it's incredible. It's a literal fountain of youth. Like what, what, there's no pill you can take. That's gonna, that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. And so how long have you been meditating now? I think it's over a decade. Come on. I think you taught me. Which is something I'm <laughs> so outrageously proud of. <laughs> 
And it's it's like it's not like a thing you taught me and then like, hey, remember when you taught me that thing? It's like a thing you taught me and then a th- and then it's a thing I do twice twice a day every day for the rest of my life. Like for a decade you've been for doing that. For a decade. And I want to celebrate you for that cuz I mean like I've in taught a like non-negotiable way. Many Thank tens you. of thousands of people to meditate and not all of them stick with the practice. Sure. But you did and have and one of the things I want to talk about among others is like how do you feel like meditation has improved your performance? Like I know mm. you're many more things than just a performer, but I don't just mean as an actor. I mean like how's it improved your performance in relationship as a human, as a son, as a brother, as an uncle? And so so that's really the theme for me that I'd love to explore is like why isn't everyone meditating for better performance? And even if you don't consider yourself a performer, it's like, well, we all have jobs to do, right? Mm. And stress is making us stupid, sick, and slow. And so if this thing can make you less stupid, less sick, less slow, make you better at life, why why are people not doing that? You're performing better in your life. Yeah. Not just when, you know, they say action. Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) But let's start there. Like, do you feel like you noticed a difference of who you were, your relationship with anxiety, and then your actual performance? Like, I know, I mean, I saw your script sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, you would get them days before and you'd have pages and pages of very technical dialogue to memorize and i mean chunks we would call them chunky butts chunky butts <laughs> we were just like oh we've got this this thing that i've never heard of before and just run a rundown of facts about someone and then it just it it was just information i was the you know exposition guy you were like the AI of NCIS LA. Yeah. Oh gosh, pre-AI, <laughs> I was AI. No, I was the real, I was the non-artificial intelligence. The I was the intelligence. intelligence. I was the organic intelligence. <laughs> um, no, old school, uh, yeah. And you know, I had the glasses. I was like, the, I was the, the whiz. So I ha- but Barrett had to shove all that in his brain and uh, put it out very naturally. And the showrunners on the show kept being like, you do this so well, so we're just going to give you more. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Okay, where, where do I get a scene where I just can talk to someone instead of just spouting information? Or like feel feelings. Or feel feelings. And eventually they they did start giving me that as well. But um, but at first my job really was to be this guy and that, that was a tough challenge. But thankfully I had meditation on my side. <laughs> no, at first it really was like, very daunting. I did. I was a Broadway theater actor. I thought I'd do that for the rest of my life. And then here I am suddenly on a television show that's going to be lasting for a long time. And did you know that from the beginning? We sort of did. Were you in it from the beginning? I was in it from the first episode, from like the backdoor pilot episodes. Whoa. And I was in it from episode one. And at episode seven, we got, um, we got sold into syndication. Usually... Things get sold as shows get shows get sold into syndication at episode one hundred. So we got sold into syndication at episode seven. So we knew that we were guaranteed to be a hit and run for seasons. And, and seasons what does and syndication seasons. mean? Syndication ju- just means that it'll be repeated on cable. USA on cable and and that's like where the money is, right? That's where the money is. Great. So we just were like, oh, just don't screw up. <laughs> And Everybody keep be your cool. head down, be cool, and like keep doing what you're doing, and we're and we're gonna ride this thing, all of us together. But then there's also like some pressure in that. Being someone who went from theater gig to theater gig to theater gig, as you used you used to do, mm-hmm. 
I was like, oh, I'm going to be in one place for a very long time. Yeah. Did that make you have like commitment issues? Like, I had I'm some commitment married issues. To this I had show. some squirms. I'm never sleeping with anyone else ever again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like monogamy with this show. Yeah. Um, and really is. And they pay you. I mean, it's, they pay you to be monogamous. Like you can't do anything else. You, you have to be here whenever we tell you to. If you're in New York, you have to turn around and come back. Like there's no negotiating. So, um, so, so that was sort of getting stressful to me and I was getting the squirms and thankfully I had meditation. I mean, I would have really early calls. Like I would have to be at on set at 6am. Which means you wake up at what time? Normally wake up at, I don't know, five, let's say to shower. But once I started meditating, I woke up even a little earlier than that. Like at four, which sounds nuts. That sounds nuts because you're like, I need that. But really, you don't need 20 minutes more of sleep. That's not going to do you much good. But sitting in a chair for 20 minutes is going to change your entire day. Wait, this is why I love you so much. <laughs> I called. I remember I called you the meditation police earlier, and you were like, "I'm not the meditation police," but you're like the meditation like superhero. You're like, like everyone. That 20 minutes of sleep is not going to help you, but 20 minutes of meditation will change your whole day. Please say more. Say why? I mean, I. Because I did the, I, I have the receipts. Like I did, I, did, <laughs> I got the proof. <laughs> I got the proof. I saw my performance when I just rolled out of bed into set. And oh, like, like you could literally watch the tape. Watch, watch the tape and be like, hmm. Or like I wasn't so, like, I wasn't so grounded when I did that. And then I would meditate the next day, and I and I watch that scene back, and I'd be like, oh. Or I was just. I was like, oh, that was so much easier. That just felt, I was just more grounded in myself. Your experience of my it experience, felt experience. So therefore, then that comes across yeah. to the audience. And did your co-stars notice a difference? No, because they... it, like, it was like my little secret. Oh. Yeah. When did you out yourself as a meditator? Oh, no, I, I mean, I, I tell everyone every chance I can get. I'm like, the, <laughs> but like but, no, no, but how no, long did it take? Like, like, how long was it your secret? Um... Well, I think, I mean, so for people listening, it's hard to remember. And certainly anyone under 40 doesn't remember when meditation was weird. But mm. like 10, 12 years ago, it was weird. Like, you know, Jason, my ex-husband wouldn't tell people I was a meditation teacher when we would go to dinner parties because yeah. it was like too woo when I started. And then he stopped telling people because it was like then he knew he would never see me again. And so right, I think that legitimately yeah. 10 years ago, there might have been some like if I'm meditating on set, it's going to look weird. Or was that not it? Uh, I think people were... I think people were like supportive of anything, anything you would do. Also, I would just lock myself in my trailer and yeah, do my thing. So they don't sexy. know what I'm doing You're in there. Your trailer. Oh yeah. Also, I used to teach acting, you know. So yeah. Uh, and I would. It was before I started teaching meditation, and I would watch these folks come in, and I, I taught a very specific style. It was Anthony Mindel's actor workshop, and it was very much surrendering and like jumping out of the plane and mm. and he wouldn't let you memorize your lines actually because he really wanted people to be in the right brain. Like mm. he would like get the line and say it. Anyway, we can have another episode of that another time. Um, I think he will come on the show. But I would watch actors come in, do their scene. Then they would come and learn to meditate. Once I graduated as a teacher, they would come and take Ziva and they would come back literally one week later. Yeah. And they would go from unwatchable <laughs> to like standing ovations in the class. Wow. And I was like, oh, this is a thing. Like I'm getting boops, goosebumps saying that yeah. because like, it's not like their technique got better. It's like right. they became a better actor. But the nervousness, the, the paralysis, the self-judgment, the like, am I doing this right? Like all of that melted away once they connected to source. And it's like they became different performers, different actors. And it was so inspiring. Because you can 
because you know you have that capability within you yeah. to you know release your own bliss chemicals or whatever <laughs> and once like your body starts understanding and remembering that information it's like oh i have this access at all times yeah. so i don't have to i don't have to freak out i don't have to freak out it's like i can i can self regulate i def i had a freak out moment on the set of will and grace when i was when i was ready to go on did i ever tell you that i i'm having a I vague was, memory I was of like it backstage but- like you know like about to enter like a fake door and there was a live a studio, studio audience. live studio audience that's Three the thing cameras. i'm not used to that like yeah. on on set uh on, on our set on ncsla it was there was no studio audience so suddenly there's people like waiting and wanting you to be good which is great because i'm a theater actor so i'm used to that but with theater acting you have like a ton of rehearsal with this you sort of like have done it a few times wow. maybe like the day, I don't know. Yeah, it's like anyway. one rehearsal and then you're on. Yeah. So it's like, I just remember starting to float away. Like you were leaving like your body. I was leaving my body and I did, I like the anticipation, I didn't know when they were just going to call action. They were just like, just stand here and just wait for the word. Oh God. And it was like taking, you know, like a long time. And it was just, I was like going over my lines. I was like, Do I know? And then I just, I started being like, going out floating outside myself and i used a ziva technique of like come to your senses i was like barrett get back in your body because you're floating away and we're gonna yell action and you're not even gonna be you're gonna be like a ghost watching yourself (laughs) it's gonna be so weird so i was like smell what you're smelling taste what you're tasting like just get back into me it was delicious and then they were like action and i was like i'm ready it was great. And how'd it go? Oh my God, it went so well. Great. What episode is it? Can we watch it? Yeah. It's called something. <laughs> we'll look it up. We'll put it yeah. in the show notes. Yeah. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but I got to kiss, um, I get to kiss Will McCormick. Will McCormick. Um, Eric McCormick. Come on. Who played Will. Will. Who played Will. How was it? It was great. He really leaned into it. He wanted, I think he wanted it. He wanted to Do not be want- monogamous. He yes. wanted it. <laughs> little spice <laughs> it was um it was it was sort of hot he's a good kisser great yeah any other any other kissing scenes you've done that have found particularly exciting to share oh gosh um i mean i gotta say renee felice smith is a great kisser who's that uh, oh, that's she your... was my co-star on ncsla oh um, did you guys have a romance on the show yeah we did yeah God. she was my like my girlfriend for basically 11 years oh, on that show wow. yeah um what else? Who else have I kissed? Oh, God. <laughs> this is an annoying question. You, you're a good kisser. <gasps> Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I'm blushing. <laughs> Wait, Adam? Adam's a good boyfriend. kisser. Your boyfriend's a good kisser. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> really good. I approve. Great. Yeah, after after I kissed him, I was like... You get it? Thumbs up, Emily. <laughs> now you know I, I call like, him my cosmic lover. <laughs> yes. I got like a, just a sousant of that cosmosity. <laughs> what does sousant mean? Sousant? It's like just a, a, little, a little petite a little, Yes. A little taste. <laughs> Don't do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hi. I love Hi. you so much. I love you. Okay. So one of the things that I feel excited to explore mm. is this idea that, like, you know, we could meditate and take acting classes and do therapy and do tapping and internal family systems and then do a juice cleanse and then do face yoga and like there's like infinite amount of things that we could do to better ourselves and to better our performance and so when is it enough like when is Mm. it 
like, okay, I've, I've done the meditation, I've worked out, I've done my lines, I've practiced, I know what I'm doing, and now I'm gonna like go and enjoy being a performer. Oh, and I think that that same concept translates into life and acting, but I would just love to know for you, like what's that line between preparation and surrender? Yes. The, I, I, we meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation. meditation. And I think let's start in the performance realm. Like when do you mm -hmm. know that you're ready, if you're ever ready? Yeah. And how do you let go of the preparation and then let yourself fully be present in the performance? Okay. I have, a f I have two stories about this. First, um, one of my acting teachers, Bob Krakauer. Oh, love Bob. So good. Um, he is an on-camera acting person, and he, he tells you that the, unlike in theater, um, you have a camera there, and the camera is a lie detector. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. It knows. Oh, God. Theater, you can get away with more because it's more theatrical and there's more space between you and the audience. But still, a lie detector is just a lie detector is further away. A lie detector is further like away. Like in theater, it's like the audience can feel the energy, but the lie detector is not like in your eyeballs. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. so, so as soon as you um, package up your greatest hits from your bathroom mirror, at home, you like know, you're like practicing the, it in you're the mirror. practicing in the mirror, and you're like, okay, on this line, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that line, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this pose, and, and like, <laughs> so okay, it's going to, oh my god, it looks so good in the mirror right now. So you're like this managing it and directing you're managing, it, yeah. sculpting your own face. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Then if you the next day and they yell action and you do all those things, <laughs> that camera is going to be like lying, lying. I don't trust that person because you're not because you're not being spontaneous in any way, and. That uh, the the camera you there there's it needs to be spontaneous for camera, so there's a amount of preparation that you need to do. There's the memorizing of the lines and what's my intention and where's my um, maybe maybe some background work. Where is my character born? What are his five favorite songs? What kind of foods does he like to eat? What sign is he? I'm like right, but when you're then when they yell action, you can't play. I'm a Virgo or I'm an Aquarius or my favorite food is spaghetti, not prime rib. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't play that in the lines that, that are going on. You have to release it and let it go. I think, I think meditation sort of helps you to do that. Mm. So you're like, it's a preparation, but it's a priming mm -hmm. so that, so that you can, trust yourself more, trust your gut more, um, get quiet within yourself so that you can be spontaneous. If you need to go from work to your office, no, from work to your home, and you know the route is here to here, but there's traffic on the way, there's a blockage here. So then, um, a roadblock. So then you, you're like, oh, I still know the way home. I still know how to get from A to B. I just can take some side streets. And those side streets are sort of where that spontaneity lives. Mm. Because I, I'm like prepped sort of in my meditation. Like I know who I am and I, I know where I need to start and where I need to end. And I can trust that and I can, I can go a different route as long as I end up where I need to go. Mm. I hope that wasn't too woo. No, that was amazing. And, and like this is I think why I loved teaching 
acting and why it felt so much like a spiritual practice to me. Mm-hmm. Like I think acting is very much a spiritual practice because like God is the the great actor who's animating and playing all of us. And so as an actor, as you get to animate and play these different characters, it's like you get to step into a piece of divinity. You get to try on what it feels like to be God animating billions of different people. And and so, I mean, that's like the, the esoteric piece of it of why I think that acting and meditation are so similar and complementary in that way because it's this simultaneity of like, individuality wave, totality ocean, right? Like individuality left brain, totality right brain. And in the meditation, you're dancing between those hemispheres, dancing between those states of consciousness. And in acting, you're like, well, here I am Barrett Foa, but now I'm inhabiting Eric Beale. And so that's its own spiritual practice. But then what I heard you say is that as long as I've done my preparation and I know where Eric is starting and where he needs to go, then the meditation allows you to trust yourself and trust nature to improvise the way to that point B. Exactly. That was gorgeous. <laughs> you really did it. That I think it's that spontaneity that is really sort of where the magic happens. They're like, I don't know. Yeah. I know where I'm starting. I know where I'm going. But what's going to happen in the middle? I don't know. Yeah. Do you? Let's find out. Because I've done my, I've done my individual work. I've done my wave work. I've done my, what's my line? I just, mm-hmm. I know what my lines are. Yeah. So I've done that. I've done, you know, where he's from and what his favorite foods are. Now I can trust that. Mm. Sweet friend, if you are loving this conversation and would like to dive deeper into these powerful modalities, I want to invite you to join me at zivameditation.com slash why this. Now there you're going to find free bonus content that we simply could not fit inside of the episodes. I'm talking mini masterclasses with our amazing guests like Aubrey Marcus, Layla Martin, Blue, Vailana, and myself. So come experience the tools that we reveal in the podcast for yourself. Simply head to zivameditation.com slash why this. I'm going to transition this a little bit. I've recently come out of a relationship, mm-hmm. an almost three-year relationship um, this week. And and some of what we sort of would were getting stuck on was was that work, was that was that is is he from Seattle or is he from the um the suburbs of Seattle or you know is he a Taurus or is he a Virgo or and you're just like I'm stuck in the work but when they yell action I just want to play yeah I just want to live I want to I want to be I want to live live life and like be in the being yeah, and have fun and be and have in fun. the moment and surrender and just see because we've done the work so we i i we've done the work we we know we've discussed we have it have this foundation we have the foundation so we can trust that so now we can go out into the world and deliver it it sort of reminds me of the the saffron robe thing is that a mm. metaphor we want to yeah bring in here yeah do you want to i may feel like you just yeah every time you tell the story it just gives me chills yeah let's go saffron robe um so there's this beautiful analogy or metaphor inside of the Vedic teachings, which is that, you know, again, we meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation. And, and the the imagery is that in India, there are, you know, sadhus that wear these beautiful saffron colored robes. And there are people whose job is to dye those robes saffron. So they'll take a piece of white cloth and, d- and dunk it into a vat of saffron colored dye and let it get totally saturated. And then they pull it out and they let it dry in the sun and it's one shade closer to saffron, but it's still very white. So they put it back in the dye, let it saturate fully, pull it out into the sun, one shade closer to saffron, still pretty white. 
dip in the dye, dry in the sun, dip in the dye, dry in the sun. After enough cycles of dyeing and drying, there comes a day that that fabric is totally saffron and there's no amount of sun or wear or time that will keep it from its color fastness. And that is really what meditation does for our nervous systems, right? We, we go into the practice and we saturate our nervous systems with bliss and dopamine and fulfillment. Mm. And then we come out into the demands of our life and we let the sun dry our nervous systems out. And then, and then we start to feel a little crunchy and a little dry and a little tired and a little like, and then we get back into the dye and we let the meditation saturate us with bliss and fulfillment and adaptation energy. And then we pull our nervous systems out into the play and into the life and into mm -hmm. the suck and into the agony and into mm -hmm. the stress. And each time we're substantiating that bliss into our nervous systems. And after enough cycles of meditation and activity, dying and drying, there comes a day that our nervous systems and our color fast with bliss. And no amount of breakup or will and grace sets <laughs> or, you know, pending climate chunky change, butts. chunky butts of text <laughs> is going to keep us from that deep knowingness that I am the ocean. I am not just the wave. I am pure essence. I am not just my ego. I am God pretending to be human. And when we start to trust that in our bodies and in ourselves, then no amount of this person looked at me differently on set or I forgot my line or my my partner doesn't want to go to the same restaurant as me is going to keep you from that everythingness, that connection to your source. Mm -hmm. I sort of liken that, like the, 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 um, saturation. the saturation to, to some of that, that work that we do. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, great, we've, we've done the work. Now we get to be in the sun. Now we get yeah. to live life. Be in the sun. And we were just I, I, I was I was missing some of that. And also I, I, I see that that I can do that on set, right? Mm -hmm. I can in the morning wake up a little bit earlier <laughs> and meditate so that I can look I can really sort of like deliver myself yeah. to the world to I can deliver myself to myself mm. really is what it is. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like before I started meditating, when when I would be on stage, I remember I was also having like panic attacks backstage, a chorus line, and and I felt like I was very much because I was getting increasingly more stressed. And I don't think people really understand like the amount of fight or flight that actors are in because mm. it's like it's that fear of being rejected by your group, by your tribe, is actually like more visceral than the fear of death. But it means the same thing. Like body's going through the same reaction because back in the day we got exercise from the tribe. We would die alone. So if people don't like your audition, because we all sort of think we're immortal to a certain degree, but like not being accepted by the tribe is actually a, a more visceral and realistic fear of death. So like that, that rejection and that auditioning and that like putting yourself out there again and again is legitimate fight or flight in the nervous system. Yeah. I don't think people really like clock the... No, neurochemistry never, of that yeah i never really um was like that imp that's that's big impact it's a big impact and like that'll take its toll like that'll a hundred percent you and and i think because i was always understudying i was like always in that fight or flight mm. and it started to build up but i remember like and then because i got increasingly stressed i was increasingly needy Right? And I was like going in front of the audience and like, please like me, please approve of me, please and love me. And that's such an attractive look. <laughs> Everybody wants to date that. <laughs> Everyone wants to hire that. Oh, and I then the audience is like mad at you. They're oh, like, yeah. why, am I, why am I making you feel comfortable? I'm paying you to make me feel good. And so it's like the meditation for me turned me from being a bag of need looking to be fulfilled into fulfillment 
looking for need. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I am now delivering this saturation of bliss to the sunshine, to myself, to the work. If you want to just... if you want to tap into this real quick, just watch one episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Because Say more. <laughs> there, well, there's just there are just these queens that are so embodied and know who the fuck they are and what they're doing there and how they're going to deliver and how they're going to be present. And and then there's just there's always one or two queens that are like, like me. Please. I haven't been here in a while. I'm I, I'm coming back for All Stars, and I'm just in my head. And I'm like, you're 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 leaving in three seconds. I can tell. Ru, RuPaul can tell. The other contestants can tell. You're just like, it's just not sexy. You're not embodied. Uh-huh. You haven't done like the work, or you're too nervous, or you're you're need you're you're needy. Yeah, like please like me. I'm needy, and I need you to fulfill my need of insecurity. And it shows. And, and I, what do you think is the difference between like those people and the queens that are like fully in their body and like I am here, deal I mean, with it. It's that X factor. It's the I mean, I don't know if they're meditating or they're it's they don't give I mean, really what it is is they don't give a fuck. They're not looking for outside approval mm-hmm. because they have it within them. And that's I mean, I think really that is what meditation does. It like reminds you that you have your own approval. You have your own back. Yeah. You don't need to be getting it out there. Yeah. But I've definitely been in in modes where I'm like I'm single and I'm like at the club and I'm like, hi, this this is where I'm going to I'm going to be hooking up with someone tonight. And maybe it's you. Is it you? And I'm just like, I feel unsexy. And the way I'm being perceived is like. Like they people know people are on to you just by your energy. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you a story that came up recently. I took a three-day acting workshop with an incredible actress and teacher named Alexandra Billings. Um, Look her up. And she, um, basically we were running around a big black box space and doing like viewpoints work and we're like uh, walking in circles and forming clumps and just running around the space. And it was very like, it felt like freshman acting class again, but I was living my life (laughs) like having fun having so much fun i just was i was i was like i love like rolling around on the floor in black clothing (laughs) with other people so what do you love about it why do you love that well let me tell you why i loved it especially this is just in december one of the exercises we were doing was like we were it was like the third day so we were really all like really um connected with each other and vibing and she's like okay Everyone form, like when I say go, everyone just form a circle. Okay. Everyone's walking around like the space. And then like when I say go, form a circle. And there's no like, okay, Emily, you're going to be in on the left of the circle and I'm going to be on the right. It's just, you just sort of naturally like form it, right? And then she says go and then you go back to being crazy molecules in a space. And then you go, she says go and you form a line. And then you form a clump. And then a circle and then a line and then a clump. And, then a line, and it just, it's like, it just naturally goes. Then she's like, maybe split off into two groups that are doing that. And then just do it at your own pace. And maybe you don't even know if it's circle, line, clump. It's maybe it's clump, clump, circle, line. But And like, so there's all these people who are not communicating with each other that are suddenly feeling each other and like forming a line. Even though no one said go, no one said line. It's just like, I think it's just going to be a line. We just know. 
And we're all so tuned into each other and tuned into the space and tuned into ourselves. Then she starts um, introducing like architecture. She's like, she'll just like pass uh, someone like a, a prop, like a broom or a amethyst. And then suddenly that becomes part of the line or the shape or the circle or the clump. And people are, we're not doing clumps and lines and circles anymore. We're just doing, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's spontaneous, right? It's, it's like sort of transmuting naturally. Old Barrett, like 19 year old Barrett, the ghost of him was in that room because old 19 year old Barrett was taking that broom and like showing the teacher that, that I was going to be the best one. And I was going to be like the leader of this clump. And I was going to like dictate something. Force or push or, or control, force or push or, or show them that I'm a risk taker or just that, that, that desperate energy we were talking about, Pushing. that you're at the club, that you're like, <laughs> watch me. And present day Barrett was like, I don't care because, because that, all that pushing and pulling and gripping gets in the way of that spontaneity. And I've come to realize through meditation that I, I don't need to grip as much or maybe at all. And when you start letting go and just listening to the space and to yourself and to the other people, you're actually going to organically form these shapes and no one has to drive it so hard. Mm -hmm. And I was just driving so hard. Mm -hmm. I think we all were pre-meditation or just in our younger selves where you're like, I mean, control, right? We're also out of control. And this, this crazy spinning blue marble is a scary place. So, you know, if I can control something, it was so lovely to see that ghost of that 19 year old kid mm. being like, you don't, you don't need to do that, Barrett. Mm. You can just let go. And there I was having the time of my life. She would, she gave me like the architecture and I was like, this is my, this is my chance to, I was like, I don't actually want this. You, you, you yeah. did something. I was, yeah, I was like, this doesn't <laughs> feel right to me right now. And instead of being like, I'm the leader with the, with the amethyst, I'm like, I think maybe you're the leader now. Oh. And it feels good to like, to give, to give way, mm -hmm. to surrender. Let it flow. To just flow a little bit. Mm -hmm. That was interesting. Yeah. It's so <laughs> interesting. And I think it's exactly what we're saying of like, if all we have is our wave, if all we have is our ego and our identity and all you have is Barrett Foa, then you have to fight and you have to push and you have to work and control and, and muscle. But if you really truly remember, mm. not just in your mind, but in your cells, if you remember that you're actually the ocean, there's a much bigger current going on. And the more you can listen and, and find that oceanness inside of the other waves that you can just dance together. And it's so much less effort and so much more fun and so much more magic happens as a result of the surrender and the flow. And it's like, this is the game that we're all playing. It doesn't matter if you're an actor. It doesn't mm -mm. matter if you go to improv These classes. These are just examples. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just acting puts a, a, a magnifying glass on the thing that we're all doing as humans anyway, which is like, where am I right now? Where do I want to go? 
how am I going to get there? Mm-hmm. And then the thing that we're all sort of waking up to is we have to just feel our fucking feelings, right? <laughs> and also what you just demonstrated of like, one, I think 18-year-old Barrett would be so proud of Barrett today. And two, mm-hmm. I think that we're going through a paradigm shift on the planet. And that old paradigm of work, muscle, control, force, prove, show just doesn't work anymore because nature's like, honey, lean back. Yeah. Say, I got seat. you. Yeah, I got you. When are you going to trust me? Mm-hmm. Like at what point are you going to trust me? But it's so me? scary. I mean, the one, scary? Well, one of the first one of the first exercises you do in acting class is trust falls, right? Or you just like fall back. Or you that. fall back. And I think I missed that day in acting class. What? I, I don't think like it's all we did for like nine semesters. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, you you, you know, you, your friends have you, your your colleagues have you. you and, and knowing that I think is important up front. I think what's weird is that I think, okay, I think in theater and I think in theater classes, they they drive that home. But no one's doing that at like your tech job and no one's doing that on a film set, mm-hmm. at least on NCSLA. It was like, and action, go. You don't know what you're doing. There's no one like holding your hand being like, let me t- tell you how to be on camera. Like there's no time for play or community building no- or trusting each other. It's just like you show up, each individual better perform or you're done. Because it's not really about the trust. It's about, we just need to get it once, Emily. So can you just do it once well? I don't care how you get there. I don't care what seeds you've planted. I don't care what s- soil you've tended. I don't care what how much water you've put in that seeds. I don't need to see it grow. All I need to do is take this flower that I've bought and I'm going to put it in the soil. I'm going to stick it in there and I'm going to take a picture of it and then it's done. I don't care about this anymore. So no one cares about the process on film. So you have to care about your process and you have to shore it up. What's that mean? What's shore You have mean? to make it tight. You got to make it tight. So meditation is like, was my total shore up. I'm like, this is my secret weapon that I'm freaking out right now. I don't know what to do. Everyone's looking at me. I'm, I'm a newbie at this. I'm a theater kid in a, in a, on a film and television set. Wait, let me take a moment to remember who I am, what I do. Okay, now I can deliver. Mm. And I think that anyone can relate to that. Of like, I'm about to go on a date. Yes. And this person I'm going on a date with doesn't care how nervous I am or how much I need them to like me. Or And like, if you're about to give a presentation to your board, it's like, they don't care how many times you rehearsed it last night on your laptop. It's like how you do when it's go time when you're raising money for your company. Right. And so I think that this is a good, no matter what your profession is, it's like everyone at the end of the day cares about results to some degree. And so it's like you better care about your process. But I think this is a beautiful, like bringing it back to what we were talking about earlier, that it's like if all you're ever doing is the process, process. and you never actually like are, get to enjoy the result, then, then that's not it either. The analogy I used to use when I was teaching acting would be like, Look, only a ding dong would jump out of a plane without packing a parachute. Like you mm-hmm. better fucking pack your parachute. Yeah. But if all you ever do is pack and fold and iron and zip up your parachute and you never actually jump out of the plane and we don't get to see how beautiful the parachute is, again, we don't care. So it truly is that simultaneity. And I feel like that's in work, it's in acting, and it's certainly in relationships. 
right? Where it's like, yes, you've got to do the work. You have to have the conversations. You have to do the therapy. You have to know each other's woundings and how you navigate when the other person gets triggered. But if that's all you ever do, and you never like go to the movies or like have sex or go to parties, then it's like- Or lay on a couch. Or just chillax. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's, when there's talking and then more talking and then talking about the talking. uh, (laughs) We're going to have a meeting about our meeting. Yeah. Yeah, we need to schedule a meeting and scheduling a meeting for our meeting using a Calendly link um, <laughs> is is a it gets a little like oh we're just living in the work. Um, we when you were talking about the parachute thing, I'm like yeah, the parachute's beautiful. Also, you forgot to mention me jumping out of a plane and witnessing that view and witnessing that rush. I mean, that is so. Have you ever sky sky yeah. dove sky divin sky divin sky divin? Have you? Yes. And I got in that plane, and I was like, okay. Once we're I don't know fifty feet off the ground, and this plane goes down, or I go I, well, I'm gonna die. So it's like okay. So once we're fifty feet up, there's it's either death or life. So I can't, so me stressing out about that is not helpful. Like you've, you, like the baby's born, like, you the, know, like, like it's, or like here we go. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no turning back. There's no turning back. So it's like, I could enjoy this, <laughs> this climb to 13 and a half thousand feet, or I can freak out the whole time about what's about to happen. And I'm strapped to someone, someone's strapped to my back. He's done this a thousand times and I I was like I'm not going to die today I just decided I knew it he's not going to die today it's just not going to happen so and I think I did tap into some meditative thing of just of like oh right I can freak out right now or I can be like let me just regulate and look out the window and my god that view is gorgeous Mm. and here we go and then I enjoyed it. Meanwhile, some person next to me was freaking out. And I'm like, you're not enjoying what's happening. And there's no, there's nothing you can do to control it. You're just freaking out to freak. It's going to be bad. <laughs> it's all going to be bad. And I just had the best time. And I, I was like, we landed it. And, and I was like, let's do that again. <laughs> but oh. I haven't yet. Do you want to do Want to go? <laughs> yeah, I do. Have you ever been asked? No. I've never been invited. Did you, you just invite me to go skydiving so. with you? Yes. It is thrilling. I say yes, although I just applied for life insurance and I got like the top 1% of all the people of like my health and whatever. I was like, literally I have like the best in life insurance rate of all time, which I'm very proud of, by you the should way. should be, brag. As like a 44-year-old woman as a mother who travels all of the effing time. Yeah. I'm like top one percentile of health. I was like, that needs to be our new marker. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they, the, one of the questions is like, do you jump out of airplanes oh, that aren't on gonna, fire? <laughs> so I, I just, just, we'll just release this episode after I get my life insurance okay. policy. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would love to. And another episode, Aggie, do you know Aggie? She Ooh, skydives like bond. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's, she like goes on her own, no more tandem. She has like oh, many wow. jumps a day. Like she's legit. And, and it seems like, her dancing with her fear that regularly has really catapulted her in her business and mm. like who she's dancing with. And as far as like, she's writing a book, she's starting a course. She's like, you know, collaborating with Tony Robbins and Jim quick when she was like Damn. a travel IG, you know, it, 
she was sort of dismissible to some people right. even just a few years ago. And somehow by her harnessing that fear of skydiving, it's like she's like willing to dance with Titans now because she's faced that fear so many times. Wow. It's really inspiring. It's and I feel like cool. my, like if I have a fatal flaw, it's that I, I surrender to my fear. Like I, I let the fear win. Like I, I like the Handel group would call it chicken. You know, we're all either chickens or brats or weather reporters. And sometimes I'll let my chicken like win. And I feel like if I could do that, it would be a nice thing to anchor. Like, well, I did I've that. I've seen your chicken win, but I've also seen your chicken. You, you go, ch -ch -ch -ch, no chicken. Can you say when or how? Oh, like, gosh. Oh, my God. I mean, I just, it's so, it's, I'm just looking in your face and I'm like, oh, I know. I know Emily's chicken. Mm -hmm. Like, I've just known you for so long. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, it's, it's not, you're such a brave person, but there is a, I've seen that in you. Yeah. And I'm only saying that because you have recognized that in you. I would never yeah. be like, she's a chicken. I'm always available for honest feedback. No, I mean, yeah, same. Mm -hmm. And, and then I've also seen you be like, like chicken at first, chicken instinct, mm -hmm. and then be like unuseful. <laughs> nope. Go yeah. back to the coop. Go back to the coop chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I'm going to like yeah. plow forward into this thing. Yeah. I I've mean, seen I've, that so many times with mm. you. And I've seen that little flicker in your eyes. It's very cool. Thanks, Barrett. Yeah. Because that bravery, I feel like, is hard earned. And yeah. and honestly, the breakup, I know you're like fresh off of a breakup, but like going through the breakup is, is definitely like the, the bravest thing I've ever done. Oof. It's like the last person in the world that you want to hurt. Mm -hmm. The last thing you want to do is like destroy the thing you've been building and putting so much work into for so long. Yes. And yet it's like if in your soul you know it is for your highest good, then it has to be for everyone's highest good. And like taking that brave step, it feels like the Glennon Doyle quote of the braver I am, the luckier I become. Mm. And then it's like taking one brave step and then this, you know, floodgate of luck starts flowing over you. And it was like, okay, thank you, nature. Mm. It, it's scary to transition. There's no right or wrong choice. It's just the choice you make and the choice that's happening right now. And I got, I mean, I guess I'll just say, I mean, I... I learned this in an ayahuasca journey. <laughs> yeah, we, we talk about ayahuasca all the time on the show. It's yeah. Great. Uh, what did you learn in ayahuasca? So I was in, I was doing NCSLA and there was parts of me that was like, do I want to be here anymore? Is this what I want to be doing? And am I being creatively fulfilled? And I was like just pushing and pulling myself for years about that. And I was like, I'm going to ask on my first, on my first, uh, ayahuasca journey I'm gonna like ask like what should I do you'll tell, tell me. me you'll tell you me tell the answer me. and I'm like I sort of know the answer and it's probably you know go towards creativity don't go towards the money like that's what this drug is gonna tell me but I sit down and I do not get these either of those answers I do not get stay with the show do not stay with the show go with creativity go with the money I get <laughs> this incredible visual of like me in a video game that goes on forever and ever and ever. Right. And as I'm, as I'm like, okay, this, and this is sort of my life. Right. But then I also get this clear, clear download that there's also that happening one click over. And I'm also, what happening also me running down like a long corridor of like my life as a video game, 
one click over and I'm doing something slightly different. I jumped and didn't get that coin or didn't smash that baddie or whatever it was in like Super Mario or something. And then like one click over, it's a slightly different game and one click over, it's a slightly different. It's all happening simultaneously. I got like a complete download of the simultaneity of of like quantum of reality, quantum reality that you make one choice and there's infinite other universes that are created and that you could be running any number of video games simultaneously based on one decision. Mm -hmm. And that none of them are bad and none of them are good. They're just the one that you happen to be on. It's the choice you made and you're just going on it. And it was so clear and it was so like such relief. I was like, Oh, if I make one decision, something happens and then if it makes another decision, something else happens but not bad or good it's how i'm going to deal with with the consequences and with the wonderful things that come along with that decision and just there was just clar such clarity and i think that's how i got from this is a good transition that's how i got from <laughs> what my therapist used to call used to, my therapist used to call me mr gallop <laughs> say more because i was always taking polls i was like hey what do you think i should do emily hey do you think hold, okay so i have this problem let me let me give you all the information and then you'll tell me what you think that i should do with my life with my life <laughs> i would do this for years with so many friends who should i date what show should, should I, do? I do should i move to new york you, yeah, all of it and i was just putting this like i trusted my friends so much to like, you must know more than I do. And I'm sure event, I'm sure along the way they were mirroring back like, well, what do you want to do? <laughs> Which is the scariest question to me ever. <laughs> and I want to run away from, and um, we've talked about grips earlier, but um, we also talk about, I also talk about squirms. I have grips and squirms. What, what's grip mean? What's squirm mean? Gripping is like, try to control it. And squirming is like, I don't like this, so I'm gonna change the subject. Or get out of it. Get out of this mm -hmm. somehow or or slip away. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I talk about my grips and squirms. It's very, it's very helpful for me to be like, ooh, I'm, I'm squirming right now. Just sit here. Or I'm gripping right now. I don't need to control this as much. Let me just, let me release a little bit. So grips and squirms. So I was like, what, what do I want, Emily? You know what I want more than I want. Well, I do. And after this ayahuasca journey and after this clear thing of like, it just is what it is. I was like, I suddenly am not asking my friends anymore what they think I should do. I'm just asking myself what I should do and listening to that and then acting on that. Wow. And I'm like, oh, there's my gut. Everyone, what's your gut say? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Where's my gut? I can't, where's my gut? I can't hear it. I, it's not, maybe you know where my gut is. Do you, can you tell? No, no, you know. And that's what, the mother, that's what grandmother ayahuasca was teaching a, me on my very first journey. It's a big deal, Barrett. It's it was big huge. Deal. Because so many of us don't know how to listen or sometimes we don't know how to listen, but not all the time. And how do we tell the difference between fear and trauma and actual inspiration? And, and so it's, it's mm. not a simple thing for a lot of us. Because there's armor and protection. Mm -hmm. and, and trauma 
And so like the fact that you really saw, and it feels very much like everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's infinite Absolutely. timelines and we could jump them. Yeah. Um, but this idea that none of them are bad and none of them are good. You know, the Shakespeare quote, nothing is either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And it sounds very similar also to the airplane, right? Like you decided that you were going to enjoy the view and that you were not going to die today. So you might as well enjoy it versus your friend was, I mean, bless that person was yeah. like having a trauma response in fight or flight. And, and having just a different reality, maybe not good or bad. Maybe they needed to have that freak out because then they got to some lesson that they needed to learn. Ooh, that's Mm. a good transition. Yeah. We were talking about, uh, gratitude. Oh, the gratitude journal. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were just saying maybe the, maybe this, maybe that girl needed that. The girl who's freaking, the girl out, who's on freaking out on the plane. Mm-hmm. Maybe she needed to have that trauma response to be like, I don't need to have trauma responses anymore. Or that felt so uncomfortable. Why didn't I just enjoy it? Like everything, everything's happening to everyone for a reason. And it's sometimes we, I know I do like, or I used to like judge that person of like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, Maybe you need to do that right now so that you'll maybe learn that that's not the way. Or maybe I think I know something, but maybe what you need to do is healthy for you right now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't, it's, I just was so, I had so many opinions about how people should live. Yeah. I was just thinking that this morning where I was like thinking about how much headroom I have and like thinking about me just even a few years ago and how much I didn't know or understand or would judge women who were like really sexually liberated or like really Mm. in their power and and now like seeing how much more excited and accepting I am and like celebrating I am of that and 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 I, I felt myself start to judge past Emily a little bit of like god I can't believe I did that I can't believe I was that and I was like no like let's just celebrate like certainly there's a million ways where I am have some glass ceiling on some part of me that I cannot see right now. And rather than even judging that, let's celebrate all of the headroom of how much growth there is to go. And can I enjoy that unfolding and that becoming versus like, oh, there's something wrong with me that I need to fix. Right. Like I don't have the kind of liberation that they have. And will I ever get there? Like, well, let's talk about how we were raised or all the, the like Puritan veil that is over this country, like going back hundreds of years from the settlers who are like, don't be naked. <laughs> oh my, you know, like all of these. And you, you mean like of, two native, like indigenous populations who were here and like cover up or something like No, sorry. I mean like, or? like, like British people coming over to like settle America and like just. All, well, yeah, that's the, what I'm saying. Like yes. people coming over and like seeing nope. native American people being naked and being like put on clothes. Shh. Sure. Okay. Or just, I just mean like proper <laughs> British, like just the Puritan thing of like, no, 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 um, decorum at all times mm-hmm. and cover your body and sex is, is bad and only for this one purpose. And just all that, th- that like sort of down that, that cellular thing that of like those systems that we have that we were born with. And I'm like, well, we weren't born with them, but we were quickly conditioned by them. Conditioned. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. And once you, I just remember 
just being like, I can lift this Puritan veil mm. and be like, oh, everyone's just having a good time. I don't need to be judging it and being like, oh, that's that's promiscuous or that's bad or you're having too much pleasure or you're what those that's not how you do things that's not like a monogamous thing to do i thought you were with that person i don't know i'm thinking about i'm thinking about gay spaces i'm thinking about like what am i thinking about play spaces about play spaces that is actually something that i know we're going to get back to the 5 minute journal but okay. like since oh, sure. we're here yes like you and I have had some outrageous, wild experiences in our lives. Like we have fortunate enough to be friends with some of the most audacious, yeah. outlandish, fun, ecstatic human beings on the planet that mm -hmm. really take play very seriously. Yeah. And so we've had like some really unique life experiences and, and it feels like such a gift to me. Like I've actually learned more about myself and spirituality mm. and boundaries and consent and my desire and listening to myself and um, alchemy mm -hmm. and respect in these sort of audacious, maybe even dare I say hedonistic environments than, than I have in almost anywhere else in my life. And, and I think that it's so easy to judge, say like a play party, which for people who don't know, like a play party is usually where people are in and erotic or ecstatic energy together. Um, or if you're perhaps doing like what I call pleasure prayer or people using their sexual orgasmic energy to manifest, but doing that in a group, like it's so wild or audacious or far from our puritanical, monogamous, nuclear family, Southern Baptists, you know, whatever you were raised, right. that it's easy to think, well, that's just a sin and that's just bad and you're just going to hell yeah. and that's just wrong. They're like hedonistic people. Mm -hmm. That like these are wild pagan people. Yeah. And... And yet, like when I have been in those spaces, it's been some of the the closest to God I've ever felt. If you, yes, because if you, if you lift that veil, if you, if you tap in and if you say yes and you stop with the like separation of you and something else and you step into it, you're like, well, let me just try it. And once you do, I mean, you are tapping into God. You're tapping into the highest parts of yourself. Yeah, it's like, well, at what point did we divorce ourselves from that flavor of divinity? Like, at what point did we forget that ecstasy could be a purifying force or that pleasure is actually holy and that nature gave us these internal gifts? Mm. Like, how do we let ourselves put that veil on? And who told us to put on that veil and why? And why? What purpose is it serving? I guess I know. I mean, you can plinko it down to like, well, con uh, babies and conservative, like there's control, just, there's control, mm -hmm. control over yeah. women's bodies and what we need you to do and what where your place is. And it's easier. I understand that life might be easier if, if well, you're just, people. yeah, for some people, <laughs> if you're just people. like, or it's just easier to think about if like, uh, you're the man and you're making the money and getting the food and then you're, you know, cooking the food and tending the home, tending and, the home and the babies, babies and stuff. And mm -hmm. you're like, great. Now we all know our roles. Can't we just keep that going? And you're like, okay, but is anyone having fun? And is anyone like being, is anyone like tapping into source? Because if we, when we stop all that and we just really listen and tap in and, experience ecstasy 
good things happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, sort yeah, of simple, like but. you become like a magnet for things that you desire. Like you're, you're tapping into both the generator of your dreams and the magnet for your dreams. And, and the work that I've been doing as of late, like I've been doing co-ed pleasure prayer. So like doing retreats with people of all genders and, and teaching them to use their pleasure to pray, to like use mm. their pleasure as a manifesting tool. And, and my sex witch friends are like, this is very edgy. I'm like, the fact that you have like all genders there, like, whoa. Yeah. And, and for me, it doesn't feel like, like chicken Emily's not showing up because it doesn't feel brave to me because I so fully believe that the soul has no gender. And that as we get closer to the divine and as we usher ourselves into higher states of consciousness, we start to inhabit both the masculinity and femininity inside of us. Mm. And so it's like, and the retreats that I'm running, they're not like tantra retreats. People are not interacting physically with each other. It's really about mm. you and your soul. It's about you and God. It's about mm. you and your dream. And when we're in those sort of ecstatic spaces, it's it's quite low lighting. People are under blankets. So it really, to me, doesn't seem that relevant what anatomy you have. Um, and I'm also aware, I'm not naive to the fact that we live in a patriarchal, misogynistic, predatory sexual climate. So it's like we have to address those things and alchemize those things so that people feel safe, all people feel safe. Um, and, and it's been surprisingly easy and amazing. Yeah. Like there's been like zero pushback and everyone is just like by day two, they're in like full orgasmic states and crying tears of gratitude as if their dreams just came true. And it's like, wow. wow. And these are people who are not like defense contractors and CIA agents and right. Navy people and a mm -hmm. mother of 10, like people you wouldn't normally think would be doing this work. And, and I think that it's, I feel excited about the potential of breaking down some of those old roles, like you were saying, of everyone just do the thing that you were told to do. And let's remember that we have these different polarities inside of us. Mm -hmm. And one of my dreams, and I know I'm sort of going on a, on a tangent here, but one of my dreams is that as people start to tune into the energetics of their bodies and the energetics of pleasure, and they see that they can both be in the masculine and the feminine to penetrate and to be penetrated in your heart, in your brain, in your hoo-ha. Like, yeah, we're not just talking about butts and mouths right? And vaginas. Yeah, it's like there's like I could like I could right now penetrate your heart. Yeah. You could penetrate me with your eyes. Like that we really start to inhabit this, that my prayer is that some degree of misogyny and homophobia falls away mm -hmm. when like a straight cisgendered man recognizes the profundity of being penetrated or that a straight cisgendered woman like discovers the like joy and power in penetrating something else. And then, and then it's like, oh, when you realize you're everything, cause God has no gender, God is omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent. So it's inside of everything. And so the, it, it stands to reason that the closer you become to God, the more you would feel that everythingness inside of you. And, and that is really one of my prayers. And, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is that you and I have had some really beautiful conversations about this. Like this idea switch of, energy. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like switching, switching from one, one polarity to the other. I've never been so, so free as when in the past maybe five years, Emily brought me to Burning Man. <laughs> Let's <laughs> right? just start there. Can we talk about that? Also. <laughs> Dueling you into Burning Man was one of the great joys yes, of my life. Thank you. Thank you, Doula, Emily. Yes. <laughs> I mean, um, it, just, it just made so much sense. We got there and I was like, of course you live here. You're from here. I didn't know that though. I was for years putting it off and I was like, that's so scary and I don't know what that is. But you asked me at the exact right time and I was like, let me think about it. Yes. 
it was like such a hard no. And then you asked me just right at this, like this blossoming time. And I was like, absolutely. So that was a start for me to one of the, one of the principles of Burning Man is radical self-expression. And I was like, how can I, how, if I need, if I wanted to express myself in some form of clothing, how would I do that or express myself through words? But I was, I started getting like less, literally less homophobic for myself. Less in my inner homophobe started melting away Mm. at Burning Man. And let's just underscore that for a minute because like you identify as a gay man and yet you had internal homophobia. Up the wazoo. I am a straight-ish woman with lots of bisexual, like I would say I'm on the spectrum Mm -hmm. between like straight and bisexual because that means like bisexual. Um, And I have internal misogyny and internal homophobia. And so it's just like, just because you are something doesn't mean you don't also have the conditioning. And I didn't know that for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I was hiding myself and um, pushing, pushing myself down and pushing my creativity down and my expression down. And because I wanted to, wanted people to think I was straight or at least I could act straight on film, which I did for, 12 years plus. Um, yeah, that's not a small point. For 12 years, your persona that everyone saw you as was a straight man. Mm-hmm. That's not nothing. Yeah. And and on a very like alpha male sort of military show. Um, so, but but I, there was a lot of that, that like I was squishing down and and I think with, with Burning Man and I think with this, this community and with like this like penetration like letting letting more sides in, let, letting more of the spectrum in, I and like sort of being more feminine. I was like, oh, I've never been so powerful. <gasps> I've never been so soft, soft power. Yes. I mean, talk about soft power. Yes. Because what's not powerful is like going like, around like pretending to be straight or pretending to be like super masculine when you're sort of not or where you're where you're when you're sort of like I'm in between or one day I want to be more this and one day I want to be more that mm-hmm. and one second I want to be more this and one second I want to be more that so dom and sub and verse but also switch so there's like difference between what's verse so verse is like versatile so like in the gay community there's there's top there's like are you a top are you a bottom or are you verse but I sort of like the idea of like I'm switch like I'm not I am like this and I, I am that and yeah, I can switch. And I can switch within uh within a moment, seconds. Yeah. Um and like isn't that more exciting for everyone? Uh, like even if you have two people that are like straight up, like straight cisgendered, like wouldn't it be exciting to have like other things available to you than just like I put this thing in this hole and we do that all for the time 10 minutes this and is then what we fall we asleep. Yeah. It's just like why would we not want that? Yeah. Let's switch it up. Yeah. And maybe I just I want like I'm feeling a little little soft and I need some, I need some softness and tenderness. And then because of that, I get a little on, I get online and now I can be hard and a little tough and a little dom. And then, and then the dynamic switches and the other person like takes on the softness and then we, you know, so it's a, it's like a wrestling dance. It's like a, imagining my, 
my older brother used to to wrestle. And you would just see those, they'd be switching like this, like, oh my God, wait, who's winning? I don't know who's winning now. It, you know, and that's but so- it's a ex- beautiful dance. But it's such a beautiful dance and how exciting to be, to do that with a partner in a sexual space, in a non-sexual space, in a podcast. In a dance. In a dance. Oh my God, I love dancing. I love dancing with you. I love dancing with you. It's one of the great joys oh of my this God. life. It really is. I mean, just the way I think we can push and pull and understand how space works. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just really feel tapped into source when I'm dancing Me and too. dancing with you. Yeah. But dancing in general, oh my God. Dancing in general, it's like God animates your body. And then when you have someone else who's also tapping into source, then the antenna gets bigger, the channel gets bigger. And so it's like, it becomes a, a prayer and a celebration simultaneously. I just got a glimpse of... Our prayer celebration in Tulum. I mean, there were, I think, two incredible dances that we had in this like sunken living room in Tulum. Oh my God. I just the got silhouette a, dance on oh, the yes. stairs and oh you on the wall. Wait, can we say that? Because, okay, so Layla and I have spoken many times about that Tulum trip. Really? Yeah. And like, I think I, it was a pivotal moment in my life. Like, I don't think people can understand. It's deep 2020. Like the world is in deep lockdown. And I was like, I know what we need. A trip to Tulum. (laughs) I remember being on the plane to Mexico being like, what am I doing? (laughs) This is a horrible mistake. We're all going to get COVID. What are we doing? But But I was like one of five people that was like, Okay, Emily, I'll meet you there. Right? <laughs> I think there was seven, seven of us. Yeah. And and so Layla was there. It was the first time Layla had ever led co-ed sex magic. It was the first time it was my my second date with my boyfriend. <laughs> I think it might have been your second date as well. Or you were just you had just started dating. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, and I just remember Layla said that line to me. She said, for tens of thousands of years, ecstasy was seen as a purifying force. I remember. And I can't not hear that. That <laughs> sentence changed the course Say of my again. life. Say it again. For tens of thousands of years, ecstasy was seen as a purifying force. Wait, what? A purifying force. Like, but I was told my puritanical <laughs> my veil, veil of puritanical says um, ecstasy is bad. It should be shameful. Let's hide that. That's for closed doors. Children shouldn't hear that when their parents are doing like you know just it's very like all of that squirreling away hiding 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 I mean yeah why oh my God. and again why who said that and why and mm-hmm. I'm sure that we will like have Layla back on it and we can like do a full like history lesson of why and how ecstasy has been extracted from from religion and, and doctrine and dogma. But but if you look at most indigenous cultures, if you look at Incans, Mayans, Egyptians, if you look at even, you know, there's whole temples in India, giant, like 10 story high sculptures mm. of humans and animals in every single possible incarnation of intercourse that you could ever fathom. Wow. Multiple men, multiple women, sheep, goats, five people, one person upside down, like a temple. Wow. Pointing straight up to God. Yeah. And it's all people engaging in ecstatic acts. Ecstasy, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, when when did that go away? When did that become shameful? So it's it's exciting stuff to explore. And I think that that is what Tantra is. It's, Mm. It's 
it's knowing that God is everywhere, that God is in everything. And the reason why we associate Tantra with sex is because it's been so taboo for so long. So if you unlock the thing that is the most hidden, the most taboo, the most mm. shamed, it's like you have the opportunity to unleash the most amount of, of God that you've divorced hmm. yourself from. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. The God lives in the in the in the most shame, in the most well, in the it's just like locked it, away part. The more we lock it away, when it unlocks, because God is everywhere, then you have the potential for the most reclamation. I'm picturing um, Indiana Jones and the, the Ark, but like it's good. Like when the like Ark the opens, comes. when the no, when the when the Ark like opens and it's all the scariness comes out. But it's like instead, it's like it's been hiding away for so long, and the Ark opens, and you're like, oh, there's all the God. It's all the good stuff that like is released. Oh, yes, I love Ooh, that. That's cool. Okay, so as we start to bring it home, mm-hmm. I would like to just bring it back because I I I'm, I know I'm like making a little bit of fun, but I like truly admire like your discipline and your dedication to your practice and to meditation and not only for yourself, but we have had, you've brought so many friends to me and so many mutual friends who've learned this practice. And, and I really see you supporting them and advocating for them and helping them if they fall off the wagon. Mm. So I'm curious, like, why do you think everyone isn't meditating? Like what, why aren't people committing to this practice when it's so obvious to me and you that you're like, Oh, if I do this thing, I'm better. I'm a better performer. Mm -hmm. If I don't do it, I'm not as good at my life. So why do you think people aren't? Why isn't everyone meditating for better performance? I think I think the tides are turning. I like when I open up like my Equinox app, there's always like some article about you know, meditation. I'm like, "Oh, good, good. It's it's getting into like the the culture because I think there's a culture of like, well, uh, we finally gotten to like Get your body in order, like mm-hmm. move your body mm-hmm. and that's, that will keep, keep you healthy. And now we have to be like, no, no, but your mind is, is that's co- finally part of the conversation now, yeah. mental health and, um, and we have apps and, um, and things that I think people are, are signing up for it. But why isn't, why isn't Like when you go home for Thanksgiving, on? like why isn't everyone meditating before Thanksgiving <laughs> I know, dinner? I like, no, I mean, I guess in, right. I'm like, hmm. Are people going to the gym right before Thanksgiving dinner? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it, it's like you, you sort of want it to go. There's a lot. There's there's a lot of stress. So you want to you want to you want to just start it. But why not have a moment? Like why isn't your dad? Why isn't your brother? Why isn't like your your NCSLA fan base? You know, of however many followers you have on Instagram, like yeah. how what percentage of them do you think are meditating? And like, for me, it's like, I'm like, you guys, this is it. Like, why isn't everyone meditating? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, I mean, you have, you know, some skin in that game. So you want people sure. because, yes. It's but my business. I don't, I don't. And like, and like, yes, I want to be wildly abundant. I'm a Ziva to be so successful. And if you learn from my friend Light or if you learn from my friend Doesn't Piet, matter. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Net just, win just for the some, species. For the species, for the world. Let's, okay, yeah. yes, just meditate. I don't care who teaches you. Yeah. But why aren't you doing it? It's, there's not enough time in the day. Mm-hmm. There's, is it just, is it just that? Is it, is it's. Yeah, people think they don't have enough time. I think that's huge. Um. And let me tell you, so I thought that too. And then you were getting up at four in the morning. I'm like, I'll get up because it's worth it. Yeah. Why is it? Um, Can I, uh, this is maybe another question. I was on one of your um, like brush up 
um, Ziva Lives. Ziva Lives. And I was like, I can count how many men are on here, like with two hands. And there were 250 people on that call. And I was like, guys, what's going on? You're, we're the ones that need it the most. Mm-hmm. Suicide rates are higher. Stress is higher. Heart disease is higher in men. What's up? Why? Why can't we tap into that? Oh, that's a good episode. Why that's aren't good... men meditating as much as women? Yeah. Ooh. That's a good one. Okay, You're great. Welcome. That'll be okay. our next episode. Yeah. What else? What did I not ask you that you wish that I had asked? I want to talk. Oh, we got to go back to five minute journal. I want to talk five minute we journal. Close that loop. Um, sure. Okay. So in my breakup this week, I, you know, I was reaching. Which, thank you for being here on a breakup week. Thank You're you. a star. <laughs> I'm going to say. Uh, the, uh, I'm like just reaching for my phone and being like, maybe this app will help distract me or this app or it was interesting how I sorted oh, food, maybe some food, like reaching for things to, to, um, numb the internal to pain. numb or to like, this will, this will help f- fill this hole. And it's also interesting how your heart actually hurts. Yeah. Like your actual, it's the thymus gland. It shrinks. Like, Ow. It's, ouch. Ouchie. So um trying to like stick things in there to like shore up the shoring up, you know, the like bleeding almost. Um and I picked up my five minute journal, which um you introduced me to many years ago, and I was thinking about what I was like, well, what am I grateful for? And I was grateful. I was like, what am I? It's, it's hard to be grateful right now because I'm not feeling like abundant. Um, and I was like, I'm grateful for the doubt. I'm grateful for not knowing, for the space, for the, for the feeling of maybe I haven't made the right decision. Um, I think there was something that I liked. I was scared to write down about that because I was like, but this is what I shouldn't be. Um, I should be celebrating the good things. And and I'm like, no, all, even the bad things are good. Mm. Right? Nothing is either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Right. I'm like, it's just another click over on the, on the Mario Brothers on the Nintendo. infinite video game of life. Yeah. And I'm like, I get to feel the doubt so that... Thank you, doubt. Thank you so much for being here because I'm going to dance with you for a little bit. Mm. Thank you, doubt, because when I know something for sure, I'm going to know it because I know what doubt feels like. Yeah. So I'm sort of honing my own gut by, by leaning into the, to the doubt and the, the I don't know-ness because that's good. That's part of my human experience so that I can know other things too, yeah. the opposite things. Yeah, thank you for the doubt so that I can really trust the clarity mm-hmm. when it comes. Yeah. Adam calls that signal and noise. Um, just yesterday I interviewed a guy named Jerry Simpson about AI and he was like, yeah, there's signal. You're just like tuned into the channel. It comes in really clear and there's the noise. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're like, thank you in the five minute journal. Thank you for the noise. Thank you for this moment of I'm not sure what I need or who yeah. I am or what I want. So that when I'm in that clear signal, so you go the... Hello, everyone. This is Welcome to 98.0 News. You're like, oh, I found it. Right. I found I the signal. I clicked over to the, yeah, yeah. The, the radio station that I want. Yeah. 
Oh, so clear. And to your point on Aya, it's like 98.9 is not a better radio station than 101.3. It's just what song do I want to hear today? And also, you know what's also good? The in between. Mm. The noise is, that's a song that you got to listen to a little bit sometimes. You're like, I don't like it. But when, but thank you for the it because when it does click over, I know what that is. I know the difference. That is really big, Barrett. I've never heard anyone speak about it that way, and it feels really important. Yeah, don't ignore the noise. Noise is important too because then you know signal. Yeah, Adam's always like, "Thank you for the contrast. Mm. Thank you for the oh contrast." My God. Always, I've been thinking about this so much on hikes. Just any time I see a. <laughs> A beautiful sky. I'm like, that's gorgeous. But now that there's a tree in the middle of it and I can see it in contrast to the tree, I'm like, now the sky is even more beautiful. But it was beautiful before without the tree. But I just, you just need difference. It's the yin and the yang. You can't see the white without the black. You cannot see the black without the white. Hmm. A whole white wall is nothingness. You put a black dot on it and suddenly you can see the white because of the black and vice versa. I love you so much. I love you so much. much. <laughs> You're so fun. <laughs> I where should where should we send folks? I know that you're on mm. the board of an amazing organization called Everyday Action. Yes. Which correct me if I'm wrong, but you're taking food, like wasted food from film and TV sets and donating it to homeless shelters and people who do not have food, which is a lot of people in Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. So thank you for that. Thank you for being on the board. Um I know you're on Instagram. Where where do you want to send folks? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Barrett Foa on Instagram, at Barrett Foa. Or, and you can find Everyday Action on Instagram, Everyday Action, or youreverydayaction.com. Got it. It's and people really can donate. Nice or- you, can, you can donate. You can, you can be like, I'm going to send you some bars of soap for the kits so that our homeless kits can have, like, people can be clean. Great. I mean, you can do, like, little things, and then you can do... We have auctions and we're just actually, I think we have a Ziva meditation um, thing coming up yeah. um, that we're, uh, they're auctioning off. Thank you for that, for that donation. Um, we are doing such good work and we're growing so much and we're saving so much food and we're, uh, landfills are not being. Yeah. <laughs> this feels like as, it. It's like- just. Like just rather than food going into landfills and making more gas, it's like increasing the rate of climate change and people are going hungry, which is so asinine. You're like taking this delicious <laughs> fresh food and giving it to people who do not have the resources and saving the planet while we're there. I don't know how it hasn't been. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Truly. Yes. It seems so I'm simple. very proud it's of it. So important. Yeah, it really is. All right. Well, I clearly have to have you on again. We have 85 more things to yep. talk about, but I love you with my whole heart. And I love you so much. Thank you. I'm so grateful for this our friendship. Was, me too. This was such a pleasure. Thank you for having this podcast. Thank you for bringing me to Burning Man. Thank you for teaching me meditation. Thank you for singing Baron Foa all those years ago. And thank you for still singing it today. Do I have permission to sing it at your funeral is what I want to know. Absolutely. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Please do. Okay. When am I going to sing at your funeral? Ooh. Mm, We'll talk about that. At the ballet? All three parts. All three parts. You just loop it with a track. (laughs) Oh, and then beatbox as well. (laughs) 
Daddy never thought that he buried beneath him. That's, that's what, what he said. said. That's, that's what, what he said. Go on, go on. When he proposed, he informed his mother he was probably her very last chance. chance. And though she was 22, though she was 22, though she was 22, she married him. Life with my dad wasn't, wasn't always ever a picnic. picnic. More, More like, like a come, come as you are. are. <laughs> I mean, I would do that for the rest of the day. All right, friends, thank you so much for joining us on this amazing, fun episode of Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? If you are enjoying this, if you would like more behind the scenes, more deep dives, you can go to zebameditation.com slash why this for many masterclasses from these amazing guests. So if you've enjoyed this, please do share it with your friends. You can follow us, you can rate us, and then tag me and Barrett, so at Ziva Meditation and at Barrett Foa when you share it on your Instagram stories. And I love you so, so much, and I'll see you next week. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you've likely heard myself and so many of my brilliant guests rave about how meditation has changed our lives. I love meditating. Every time I meditate, I feel like I'm doing it so that I can be in alignment with my my highest self. It made the way that I operate in life just a lot more like flowy and graceful. It's true, this stuff really is that good. I mean, how many more world-class high performers have to say that meditation is their secret sauce before you believe that this might work for you? Now, if you're curious about the neuroscience of how this tool can help eradicate stress, then I'm gonna invite you to join me for a free masterclass. Now, all you have to do is go to zivameditation.com slash learn, and you're gonna get instant access to a masterclass that's going to help you to reduce your stress, overcome anxiety, and improve your sleep in just a few minutes a day. So go to zivameditation.com slash learn and sign up today. That is Z-I-V-A meditation.com slash learn. And I want you to know that by investing in yourself and improving your quality of life, you're also going to help support this podcast. So again, you can go to zivameditation.com slash learn.